Okay, that is Inspector Space Time with Best Friend. You're listening to Living with Cram on WGOTLP Gainesville, 100.1 FM. Um, what else did you hear in the warm-up mix? Well, I'm going to tell you. I uh, led things off with one from Jen Weaver called Love in Constant Spectacle. Then it was the one from a new band, new band to me anyway, that I've never played before. I'm not even sure how to pronounce their name because it's G-G-L-U-M, so I guess it's Glum, or probably more likely Glum, but anyway, uh, that music or that song is easy fun. Then, one of the all-time greats, back with new music for the first time, I believe, in over 20 years, but uh, Porno for Pyros getting back together to do a quote-unquote farewell tour, um, as well as record an album to support that tour, or vice versa, however you want to look at it, but... uh, that was Porno for Pyros with Agua. And then after that, maybe if I had like a Cramela um, uh, wrapped like they do on Spotify, this band might be the one that you heard the most songs from. It's Sleaford Mods, this time doing a cover of Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. And Pet Shop Boys, another one you hear for whatever reason quite frequently here on uh, Living with Cramla. And then after that, it was Pile, only for a reminder. And that's everything you've heard on the show this week. So let's get into the news and do Sixth Street News. And I mentioned this last week, and so I guess it's still the big news story on Sixth Street, is that I finally uh, got a new mountain bike. Uh, Picked it up this week after not having one for five weeks since my uh, lock was cut out in front of Hogan's on the bike rack there in broad daylight on a Gator game day of all days. But anyway, I got a new bike over there from uh, Bikes and More. Let me tell you, not a sponsor, uh, not an underwriter, so full disclaimer on that. It's not a commercial for them, but um, if you're looking for a used bike in Gainesville, um, that's pretty much their specialization, as I think they take in a lot of old bikes, restore them, uh, of course mark it up as businesses do, and then uh, sell used bikes. And used bikes probably the way to go in Gainesville. For me, anyway, considering my last bike uh, was only worth about $400, uh, got stolen, uh, man, I'd be really, uh, really, really upset if I had a nice, like, uh, $1,500 bike, a nice Trek, and it got stolen like that. But um, probably would have had a better lock, and so maybe that would have happened, or maybe not. But uh, anyway, from bikes and more, I ordered a not ordered, I picked out a white mongoose, and I just had to do some repairs to it, and there you go, uh, that's, uh, looking for a used bike, that might be one place to consider, and used bikes are hard to come by, uh, never since COVID anyway, but, uh, that allowed me to get out and do a little bit of patrolling and bike riding here on 6th Street, in between a lot of days and hours of, like, rain and drizzle uh, all weekend, and very humid too. Uh, while I was out there, I saw some cool stuff. Uh, first, in 6th Street News, uh, as I was riding down the sidewalk on 6th Street, for the first time in a really long time, I noticed that there is a totally 100% pancake flattened squirrel. Not only is there a flattened squirrel on the sidewalk, it's only about 10 feet, almost exactly. Um, from this possum that died there last year that I named Elmore and I kind of talked about it on the show a little bit making predictions on how long it would be there either before like a vulture turkey vulture got it 
or maybe someone from the city actually cleaned it up, uh, maintained the sidewalks, or maybe like the um, apartment or condos place, uh, they didn't have anyone go out there and scoop it up either. But anyway, Elmore, the possum, it lasted a full nine weeks. Now, this new um, flattened squirrel, I have no idea how long it's been uh, sitting there because I haven't been out riding. But I was really even more interested in how did it wind up getting totally flattened on the sidewalk? Because it had to be something heavy like a car tire that would flatten a squirrel. And I can't think of many things on a sidewalk that would have that much mass. So uh, I guess maybe the car ran over it and as it was running over it, kind of kicked it out with the back tire onto the sidewalk. But um. I guess that will forever be a mystery how that flattened squirrel wound up on the sidewalk or I guess maybe an animal carried it who knows um, but I will keep you up to date I'm curious how long this flattened squirrel is gonna stay on the sidewalk so that was story number one let's do story number two for 6th Street um, also almost um, no it's probably one other time I was out riding uh, on a Saturday I noticed up and down the street there's all these like uh, posters and signs for this enormous psychic fair that was happening within walking distance of my house. Um, so I thought I would go up there and check out what was going on. Um, but unfortunately I waited until I was coming back and by that point it had rained on me some and I was kind of hot and wet so I really wanted to kind of go in and give you a better like journalistic impression of what goes on at a Gainesville Psychic Fair but I can tell you as I rode by on 6th Street um, there were a lot of cars first of all like way more than I would have expected for this um, and as I was riding by like the Psychic Center close to my house uh, I did not go in but I did see a group of I'd say 12 to 14 middle-aged ladies um, they're standing in a circle and they're doing some kind of prayer or chant or uh, incantation I suppose uh, so that was very interesting then in the last little tidbit I have this week um, while I was riding out uh, on 13th Street so I'm not technically on 6th Street anymore I'm adjacent I was coming back from uh, the stadium, actually, and as I was coming back, I noticed this enormous uh, food truck, which from a distance looks a lot bigger than any food truck I've ever seen, and it's wrapped, and it's got clear marketing and branding. This food truck parked in front of Lowe's on 13th Street, it openly claims itself as the world champion of egg rolls, which if you think about it, that's kind of a very bold declaration. I'm the world champion of egg rolls but maybe they back it up because there was this enormous line um, both days that I passed by so maybe turns out they are truly the world champion of egg rolls and since I'm an egg roll aficionado as well as a microbe journalist and food expert um, I will be stopping there to investigate and give you some feedback on whether it can back up its claims so there you go that's 6th Street News Let's do what we do best here on Living with Cram on WGOT LP Gainesville. We play music, a lot of new music, and this week we've got some new ska from this uh, quote-unquote supergroup. 
called The Inevitables, and the song title is Chemist. Thank you for tuning in.
windows at people in my window. I don't really know what they here for. On the corner just for the Starbucks. I was just looking for a comma. Right there used to be a crack house. Now it's an organic garden. White folks coming at the blue, they done tore that down and made that to a whole foods. Landlords looking for a payday. Now it's running scooters where we used to slang, yay. Hey, um, that is one of my favorite all-time rappers, and it's really hard to play hip-hop or any type of that music on the show because of the language. Uh, apparently, this guy's cleaned up his act a little bit because I know he's got a pretty popular podcast um, connected to Tom Segura, which is kind of a weird uh, combination, um, if you know this guy at all. That is Danny Brown uh, with Jen's Terrific Vacation here on Living with Cram on WGOTLP Gainesville. Starting that set off, we had Ska from The Chemist, or excuse me, The Inevitables, the song title's Chemist. Then um, uh, the, all the discoveries of people I had never heard before, even though this guy's been around for 10 years, it turns out. Um, I would say um, discovering Jaco Eno Kalevi, 
and it's been one of my uh, true delights of my years. Um, I think he's a uh, Danish. I've uh, been doing synth music for about 10 years, but played at least three or four of his songs this year. Uh, on this one, he teamed up with Faux Real, and that song is called Hell and Heaven. After that, we had another big team up doing a cover. Uh, another one of my favorite all-time songs you had uh, from the Stone Roses, I Want to Be Adored, being covered by Horse Girl, Lifeguard, and Unacceptable Color. Then, uh, talk about bands you've heard a lot here on WGOT. Not this one as much, but I kind of have a feeling maybe by the end of the year you will, because Future Islands, I believe, have new music out. And I already played the uh, first track they released. Uh, this week you heard the second track from their new album, and that song title is The Fight. And then finally after that, you had Nisa with Currents. So now we are at Topics. And uh, you've been hearing maybe a dog barking in the background almost all of the show, which I uh, try to avoid. Um, so dog and dog owners may be a topic next week. Um, someone's going to have to get help me wrap my head around the idea of a dog outside in the backyard that's been barking for two hours. I've only had like inside dogs basically growing up, but is the psychology there that you're going somewhere and your dog is so bad you can't leave it inside unattended so you put it outside because I've never really thought about it until today because I live in a really quiet neighborhood so if you have a dog that's barking outside for two hours people will notice but uh, anyway that may be a future topic but this topic actually I want to talk about something that happened a little while ago because um, last week I was off uh, you heard the Christmas special uh, so it's going back almost two weeks, and I'm going to talk about the lottery, or lotto, or scratch-offs, however you want to phrase it. All right, I'm just going to go out, like, before I tell the story, I, I just, I hate the lotto. I hate scratch-off tickets uh, for a lot of reasons. None of them actually have anything to do with being against gambling at all. Um... There are games of chance and games of skill. I'm for that. But the lotto is like the worst kind of gambling because it takes no skill. And it's 100% about luck. So anyone and everyone can play. Uh, and it turned most convenience stores basically into these garbage casinos with people um, coming up, buying all these scratch-offs, scratching them off at the counter or whatnot. Um, so, um, I try to avoid the ones that are like the real, like, scratch-off casinos. Um, the one closest to my house, the gate that I talk about all the time, they are excellent. They have some lotto tickets, but they're not like 10 people up there every night picking scratch-off tickets. So, um, with that said, here is the situation I wound up with. Because uh, normally I only go to one convenience store, I go to my gate. But, um, I was on my way from work to uh, the Great Planet Fitness, and I really needed something to eat. So I decided I was going to stop at this convenience store I generally avoid. Um, one, because one of the employees there is incredibly rude. But also because of what I was talking about, all the scratch-off junkies who patronized this uh, particular convenience store on 13th Street because, to my knowledge, 
and I think my knowledge is pretty good on this one, it must have the biggest assortment of scratch-offs of any convenience store uh, locally. In fact, they've got like a whole giant board up. Like you would go in a sandwich shop, like Hogan's Heroes, off your board because there's so many different choices and varieties. And I actually wound up counting how many varieties of scratch-off uh, uh, junkie tickets they had, and it turns out they have 96 different uh, scratch-offs. But anyway, um, getting back to the story. I'm going to stop in to my convenience store I usually try to avoid, and I'm going to pick up a very simple, boring pack of peanut butter crackers, because I really needed something to eat um, before I worked out, and that was probably about the healthiest and least expensive expensive option I had at the time. And it is really the only convenience store um, convenient on my way from my job to Planet Fitness. So I'm going to go in there reluctantly. And I get up there. I'm at the cash register. I've got my Lance brand peanut butter crackers in my hand. And there's a person in front of me. And she's an elderly lady, um, maybe about five foot three, and she's in there buying scratch-offs, of course, because like I said, there's 96 different tickets at this convenience store. So I immediately start to think to myself, "Oh, curse word that I can't say on the air that starts with an F, and I can't say it on the radio, so I'm just gonna say, oh, fudge." I'm going to be here for a minute or two while this older lady is picking out her lotto tickets because the store, unlike my beloved gate on 13th Street, only has one employee ever working and it only has one cash register. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be here a minute or two, except for I wasn't there a minute or two um, because this lady, she isn't just buying two or three lotto tickets like you would normally see someone. She's buying a lot of lotto tickets. Now, for the sake of the story and like comedy purposes, it would be totally better if I embellished and exaggerated the story. And I say I got there right as the first ticket was being purchased. And that's pretty much, I think, what every real stand-up comedian would do. A shout-out there to Hassan Minaj. And if you get that reference, you uh, know a lot about comedy. Um, Google him, Hassan Minaj, if you want some interesting reading, reading about comedy and theft and plagiarism. But anyway, I'm not a, com a comedian, which, I mean, that should be pretty obvious to anyone who's ever listened to Living with Cranwell before. I like to consider myself... My view is that I'm a local media person specializing in 6th Street microjournalism. My code of ethics means, therefore, that I have to tell the truth. So, going back to this lady, I have no idea how long she had been there. I, like I said, when I walked up, I thought she was just buying two or three, so I have no idea. Um, so I've got my Lance brand peanut butter crackers in that bright yellow packaging and as I walk up there I know that the woman has already spent $240 on scratch-off lottery tickets because uh, I can see that on the cash register screen um, as I watch the cashier slowly and I mean 
slowly <laughs> earning up all these different stacks of tickets, these scratch-offs. And, you know, I'm already a little bit frustrated that I'm going to be behind someone playing the lottery. Then I immediately think to myself, God damn! Which, you can actually say on the radio. Unlike the F word for intercourse, which I replaced with fudge, but God damn! $240 on scratch-off lottery tickets? That's a lot of moolah. And uh, so of that $240, um, I basically watched and waited while uh, the cashier at that point stand in like a little stack of five or six, but not five or six $1 bills. These were all like five or six $20 tickets. And it, like I said, it seemed forever for her to scan all of these in, but it probably takes about five seconds to pick up and scan a ticket and then put it back in a pile. So uh, let's do a little bit of math because I know people love like hearing math on the radio on podcasts. So if I count by five, six times, that's going to be 30 seconds long. So that's probably about how long I'm sitting there. So I'm extremely thankful I wasn't there from the start at zero because that must have taken minutes. Um, slowly scanning uh, these tickets. So I'm like, okay, finally, I'm going to get out of here. $240. That's a lot of money for you to spend on a lotto person. Um, but then, surprise, it turns out there's another stack of tickets that she had uh, picked out that now the cashier is going to have to scan. And I had thought that the cashier had already scanned all the tickets the lady wanted and had sorted them into the stacks based on the cost of the scratch-offs. I had only seen like that one part of the whole purchase, the $20 tickets being scanned. Um, so I realized this, I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of lottery tickets left to be purchased. So normally what I would have done 99% of the time is I would have kind of tiptoed and walked back quietly and I would have taken my um, Lance brand peanut butter crackers and that bright yellow packaging and I would have taken them back into the store and quietly restocked them myself uh, right back on the shelf where I got them. And then what I could have done in retrospect is that I could have stopped at the Wawa um, which is close to Hogan's on 13th Street, but I really hate Wawa. You know, I'm not a fan of the convenience store I'm in, but Wawa, it's just too much, too much going on. I don't need a sandwich. Uh, I just need a Kit Kat and a ginger ale, for example. And, and Wawa always takes forever because like this convenience store, they only seem to ever have one cashier working because I'm assuming that every other person in the store is like, making a pizza or making a sandwich so not a Wawa fan at all um, but back to my current predicament in this other crappy convenience store I didn't want to put the crackers back and I didn't want to go to Wawa I didn't want to stop at another store you couple this with the fact that I have this really important popular uh, radio show on WGOT the one you're listening to now so I thought yeah, who what listener wouldn't want to know and find out how this you know, really cool, fun anecdote about lotto tickets and waiting in line ends. Of course, everyone would, right? Uh, so here we go. And you're welcome. Let me tell you. Now, originally, 
I had planned for this little bit. Let's call it a bit. I planned on telling you the final amount that she purchased and working backwards, like uh, the movie Memento, one of my favorites. Um, if you're not familiar with Memento, it's like you know the ending of the story, and you're going to work your way all the way back in time to the beginning. And you do that in Memento by tattooing important memories all over your body because you have some kind of made up, or probably not made up, some kind of actual um, brain injury where you can't remember anything except for short term. But anyway, that to me, that was a really complex storytelling device for what basically is a simple story about this elderly lady buying a bunch of lottery tickets in a convenience store that I don't like. Alright, so where did we leave off? Luckily, I have show notes, and we're at $240. And I think maybe, in retrospect, all the $240 might have been $20 tickets. I'm not exactly sure. So, the cashier picks up another pile of tickets, and this time, it's $10 tickets. I guess we're working our way down numerically. And she begins to uh, scan each one. Remember, it takes about five seconds for each one of them for her to do. And this occurs 17 times. Because at this point, I know I'm going to tell the story, and I want to make sure I have everything accurate. So I'm counting the tickets. Just like if I were doing real gambling, and I was playing blackjack, I would be trying to count cards there to give myself an advantage. Which is a probably... Blackjack is probably a way more entertaining way to gamble all your money away than stupid lottery tickets. So the $10 tickets take, I don't know, probably another two minutes to scan. Or in my case, 14 minutes in dog years, which it felt like standing there. Or I guess um, how slow it was moving, I'd be like 60 minutes in convenience store years. But you, you can do the math on that one yourself. But again, I did not leave. Now I'm really curious. But in addition to myself, there's like three other people lined up behind me at least. So there you go. 17 more $10 tickets. So that's $170 plus the $240. Now we're up to $410 worth of scratch-off tickets. Now, we've done the $20 tickets. We've done the $10 tickets. So it's pretty obvious where we're going. And that's going to be the $5 tickets. And... I've kind of lost track of all the math, but I think I've been waiting there about three minutes in real time. Um, just standing there with my single pack of Lance peanut butter crackers and that bright yellow wrapper because I was hungry. I needed something to eat before I got to Planet Fitness. Now, it means now it's time for um, $5 tickets, right? Uh, a stack of them, and I mean a stack because the cashier was about to pick up and scan, and I had to write this down, 22 <laughs> more $5 tickets. And you'll just have to take my word that 22 times 5 is 110, unless you want to write it down and check my math later on and email me. But, uh, which brings us, we were already at like the 410, now we've got the 110, and now we're at 520 total. Which is, you know, for her to scan all those little $5 tickets, that's like two more minutes of waiting in line, which gets me to around five minutes I've been standing there. And finally, the cashier 
she had scanned like these multiple piles of tickets for a couple minutes now. But then, of course, Lotto Lady decided she needed more lottery tickets. So she walks back over to that overhead display of the 96 tickets and very slowly and carefully um, chooses and purchases two more $20 tickets to bring back over to be scanned. Bringing uh, Lotto Lady's grand total to $560 worth of lottery tickets and after six or seven minutes of waiting I finally got up to the cash register to be able to purchase my peanut butter crackers and eight people at this point I think it was eight people maybe nine uh, that were patiently standing behind me rejoice because I didn't buy any lotto tickets and now the line can actually move so that's your topic this week convenience store lotto people uh, that was a fun anecdote. Hope you enjoyed it. Speaking of fun, new music from the Jesus and Mary Chain with Jam Cod here on Living with Cramlow. What you need 
Time. It's not a sign that the embers of 
I'm dog, tell me what the truth is. Isn't this better law? Doesn't that confuse things? Shouldn't I run? Isn't that the white man? None of this seems like fun, but maybe that's the point, man. For years I've strung you along, afraid of the bubblegum dog. It's finally catching up with me. I hope it's a false alarm, but the pain of the bubblegum dog is finally catching up with me. I saw tenement homes built upon the fault line Juvenile Kesselbergs living in the coal mine Manicured lawns, Tibetan straw
About blowing town tonight until we drive past my alma mater. Okay, that's music from Bleacher's Alma Mater, and thank you for listening to Living with Grandma on WGOT LP Gainesville. Before that, it was new music from the Jesus and Mary Chain with Jam Cod. Then you heard one from Hot Garbage called Mystery. After that, it was Vile, Your Dad. Then you heard a song from Ducks Limited called Hollowed Out. Right after that, one of my favorite bands of the year. You had new music from them. Uh, they are called Yard Act, and that song title is Petroleum. Speaking of favorite bands, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, MGMT's got a new album out after I think like eight years, but uh, this is the second single you've heard on Living with Cranwell from that album, Bubblegum Dog, and there you go. That is everything you've heard this week on the show, so let's do TVs, or movies, and TV. I think a normal person would probably edit that out, but I don't really care that much. Anyway, television and movies, and for some reason, 
I continue to pay for Netflix, even though to me it feels like I rarely ever watch it. So this week I decided to um, try to change my act and be more responsible and either watch it or cancel it. Um, so I made the decision that I'm going to use it this week instead of lose it. And to me, there's only one way I think is truly appropriate for anyone to watch Netflix. And that would be on a treadmill as you're working out, watching it on a phone. So first up, my treadmill movies. We have Cyberbunker, which is a documentary about this sketchy guy who he bought a vacant NATO bunker in this German mountain in a small village, basically so he could provide uh, computer servers for all these various nefarious dark web characters, I think probably mostly peddling drugs across the world, or around the world anyway. And it turns out, not surprisingly, that the people that who go to work inside the cyber bunker, they are also nefarious in their own kind of goofy ways. Um, that's we get like all their little different talking head comments in this uh, documentary, and you get to learn their worldview, which is pretty easy to summarize, and that would be this: that the internet should have no regulations or no restrictions whatsoever. However, the local German uh, police and the officials around this uh, town, they don't necessarily share that same worldview about the internet. So, of course, conflict arises. And overall, Cyber Bunker was, you know, a fine documentary, just not great. Which, if you really think about it, that's probably the perfect movie to watch on a treadmill. Um, one of the things that helped me in the documentary is that part of it is spoken in German, which actually forced me to stay focused on the movie and not drift off into space thinking about whatever. So um, it took me five treadmill sessions, running slash walking, I gotta be honest, not always running, sometimes walking, um, to finish. So I'm gonna rank uh, Cyberbunker based on that data. It's gonna be a, uh, five on my Treddy scale, which is gonna be my new Netflix ranking system based on how many treadmill sessions it took me to complete the show. Which leads me to The Wrestlers, which is not a movie, but it is a documentary. It's a seven-part docu-series about this uh, small wrestling organization called OVW, which I think is Ohio Valley Wrestling. And they wrestle out of Louisville in Kentucky. And I had never really heard of the documentary or ever had it recommended to me by like the AI at Netflix or anyone else. I only knew about this documentary because Rain Wilson, of all people, sent out a tweet about how much he loved watching it. Uh, and I'm a big Rain Wilson fan because, you know, I love The Office. And as an adult, I'm definitely not a pro wrestling person, but as a uh, young teen, I did have, like, this wrestling phase, as I expect many adolescent boys do. But even then, the kind of wrestling I preferred was the weird stuff, like Andy Kaufman wrestling women like on Saturday Night Live, and also the small regional wrestling leagues like Florida Championship Wrestling, and probably the best, I think, was the, the Memphis Wrestling. I don't even remember the acronym for that one, but it was basically filmed in Memphis. And they were a lot more wilder, and they were fun to watch than basically the corporate um, WWF at the time. And... This kind of wrestling league, this weird, wild, 
kind of indie uh, wrestling is what wrestlers is all about because the OVW is a minor league wrestling organization that basically provides talent for the uh, the big major leagues like WWE for example here in 2023 and wrestlers the series centers on Al Snow who I had never had heard of before but he is a pretty uh, well-known former WWE with a weird gimmick where he carries out like a mannequin head and has a conversation with it basically trying I guess to make people think that he's uh, some kind of have mental issues. But uh, Al Snow, he is the manager for um, OVM, Ohio Valley, OVW, Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yeah, that's better. And he takes great pride in writing all the backstories and the storylines for um, OVW. Uh, and there are a bunch of all these other like weird characters of people that are wrestling. Some are former washed out like pro wrestlers who made it to WWE. And they're still trying to desperately hang on to their dream. Um, but some of them are, are pretty young, and you can see that they might have a future in uh, a big wrestling league. And so they follow some people like that, too. And uh, like I said, Wrestlers has multiple storylines going on, including the, the new owners, the people that, that purchased the league, um, who had never had anything to do with wrestling before. And they're trying to take Ohio Valley Wrestling and make it profitable after many years of losing money. Overall, Wrestlers is really good. Maybe even good enough to consider watching on a regular TV at home, or a laptop screen at least. Uh, however, I only watch Netflix on treadmills. So I watched it on the treadmill at Planet Fitness, and it took me 12 um, different treadmill um, sessions to complete. It sounds like a bad thing, but when you figure out that uh, The Wrestlers is a seven-hour, uh, seven-episode story, so, I mean, that is, you know, two-and-a-half movies, three movies. Um, so, therefore, the 12 uh, Treddy rating I'm going to give you is probably a little bit misleading in this particular case because, like I said, there were so many different episodes. Uh, and try to compare that to Cyberbunker, which was much shorter only had five treadies, so sometimes you have to do a little bit of math whether five treadies is really good or twelve treadies is really good. But uh, anyway, let's get into new music, and you got one from Cakes Tequila with Cakewalk here on Living with Kramla. Real T, baby daddy trying to creep on me Every door going wrong, if you let him off the leash Gotta hit him up, stay out, can't travel on a beat Miss things so hot, turn down that heat like No peace when I pump up the streets Screaming down your block and I'm bumping Khalees Look, I don't share and I don't sublease Better leave him on the grill, cause that's my me Lottie Dottie, shut down your party I'm hopping out Ferraris, me and a couple yardies Raise it in the cheek, TNT on a body It's the time to chill and the time to get rowdy Tick, tick, boom, my reputation He just fell for a new temptation So I got a seven with a new citation I'm not spinning in no rotation Love and youth, a forgotten truth of time so feverishly desired. For what is love to a child on a loose but an idea that is simply perspired. 
you know flow sharper than a switchblade Misdemeanor stack figures for a rainy day Get into the coins, but I stay paid See you never booked a tour so you can relate Never ever eat the name off a birthday cake That's who do deep roots cause we grow that way No, I never played the block, I'll move that weight That you all talk about a minute, need a change the pace I got answers, lap dancers in your face And it still kicks a killer, know my name, I sway Bad brains rock it out till I blow that bass It's mad fish in the sea, but don't take that bait Love a boy playing game till I'm hitting my phone Lay it out, playing for your spot, get blown Why leave me and go and fuck with a clone Better find some sense for your head of that phone like
I'm on the upside of the seesaw On a knee, fall of thunder and there's magic And if there's a better way to live, I gotta have it Because I think all day, but when I drink I'm okay Gets further away, every time I try to grab it On a knee, fall of chattering, there's heaven Got a little peak one day, made me feel a go at seven I know it exists, but I can't stop getting pissed One more thing, I'll be added to the list Every 
Every time I try to grab it underneath, I'm a chatter in this heaven. Got a little peak one day, made me feel I go a seven. I know it exists, but I can't stop getting pissed. One more thing, I'll be added to the list. In me, I'm the kyun. Kai da klegen in Narja. Or Warna Dung. Take him sega wool and steel drum. It's Jonna Haran. But we got one chance, and then it's done. So be who he and speak your pain and receive the love. Don't let the cunts get ya. Don't surround yourself with ones that miss ya. Talk sack and talk on, I'll not go me sketch ya. It's great. Underneath all the thunder and this magic And if there's a better way to live, I gotta have it Because I think all day, but when I drink I'm okay Gets further away, every time I try to grab it Underneath all the chatter in this heaven Got a little peak one day, made me feel I go a seven I know it exists, but I can't stop getting pissed One more thing, I'll be added to the list
Okay, uh, that is Brittany Howard, new music from her Red Flags. Um, Got to go really fast because I have about a minute before we head out of here. So that was your closing track this week. Before that, you had Cakes to Killer with Cakewalk. Then it was Coco Roco, We Give Thanks to Kayak Remix. After that, you heard Pax with HFCS. Then it was one from Nouvelle Vague, Only You. And then right after that, you had Kneecap featuring... Uh, Graham Chatton, Better Way to Live, and that's everything you've heard this week on Living with Cramla. Quick reminder, you can find me uh, online to stream my show. Just search for Cramla Radio Shows, Cramla, C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Please consider subscribing to Patreon, um, to the WGOT Patreon page, for as little as $1 a month or more, um, if you can afford so to keep the station up and running. We need new uh, pledges here in 2024 heading up. So um, there you go. Um, I'm out of here, but I'll be back same time, same station, most likely next week, unless something terrible happens. But anyway, see ya.